Hi there. Want to get a text message whenever we publish a new episode of the Mindset Digital Podcast? It's a super easy one-click shortcut to the show. To sign up, just text MSDPOD, that's M-S-D-P-O-D, all one word, to 555-888 and we'll get you started. Good times. Welcome to the Mindset Digital Podcast with insight and analysis from the intersection of social media, learning, and technology. Here's our creative director, Pete Brown. All right. Joining me once again, remotely, from the other side of Columbus, it's Matthew Wiener. Hey, Pete. You can just call me Wiener. I can. And Wiener, do you know how I know how to pronounce your last name? Because when I first met you, I thought it was Weiner. But now, <laughs> if I had connected with you on LinkedIn, how would I know how to pronounce your name? Well, LinkedIn introduced a new long overdue feature. And actually, that reminds me, I should use this on my own LinkedIn page, where you can upload 10 seconds of audio on how to pronounce your name. That is awesome. Yeah. And a uh, huge update for, for you know people like me, who have very difficult to pronounce some <laughs> names, such as Pete Brown. <laughs> so, but that's neat. That's a neat little update that they have. And uh, it is. You should, and, well, yeah. and, you know, I mean, and they're not the first site to do this. You know, Facebook has an option too. It is, it's kind of funny that the professional networking site was the one that took this long to do so. I mean, I know in our own work, this would be hugely helpful because we're hopping on calls with clients, right? I haven't met them in person sure. before. Sure, that's right. And so you can just check it out, hear how to pronounce it, and that's cool. Yeah. Oh, cool good little LinkedIn feature. Yeah, All right. LinkedIn. <laughs> and you have to admit, my teeing up of that feature uh, on the podcast here was masterful. <laughs> our, our segues are going to be, that's what we're going to be known for. That's right. Well, I'm, I'm just, I want to be, uh, I want some credit for that because the next one's a little bit of a bigger pivot. Not quite <laughs> as natural. Yeah, but, uh, Speaking of content not suitable for LinkedIn. <laughs> that's right. We're seeing a lot of social networks uh, struggling with harassment online. And we saw some big moves here since last time we talked. What do you got? Yeah. So one of the biggest ones, I'd say probably Reddit, you know, they, they shut down a whole bunch of subreddits, you know, their, their forums where members can congregate. So they're, they shut down a lot, a lot of political ones on both sides of the aisle and just in general, a whole list of ones that have been repeatedly violating, you know, their anti-harassment rules and other content regulations. Yeah. And that made news. And then did YouTube do something as well? They did. Yeah. YouTube also shut down a whole lot of prominent channels for uh, white, white supremacists. I gotcha. And then we are uh, still like in the midst of an advertising boycott on Facebook, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, that was the third one. So actually, just I want to say just uh, today or yesterday, organizers met with Mark Zuckerberg. And, and the news coming back from that is that the meeting did, did not go well. Oh, man. <laughs> I know, I know that he's Mark Zuckerberg, but in my head, when you said that, I just imagined Jesse Eisenberg playing Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, Zuckerberg has always wanted to to just hold the line on the "we're simply a platform," uh, you know, 
defense of what happens on Facebook and saying it's not up to him. But uh, it seems like it seems like more of these companies are now trying to get more proactive in creating policies and enforcing them. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's really the underlying theme for all these that have started popping up more and more. You know, I mean, a lot of these companies had that similar sort of like, you know, free speech utopian ideals when they started that, you know, the, you know, the things will win out in the marketplace of ideas. And like, like you said, you know, we're not here to make those decisions. And I, I just think that's, that's not really cutting it anymore. At least what we're seeing that yeah. from, you know, advertisers don't want to be associated with that. And yep. certainly a lot of people protesting it too. Well, certainly too. And you're seeing advertisers pressuring several major league uh, sports franchises now to change their, their mascots and their logos. And that is also coming from sort of grassroots shareholders writing to these advertisers saying, we don't want you to associate with this team anymore. <laughs> I, I, saw, I saw that. I saw FedEx stepping in in mm-hmm. Washington. I mean, it, it just seems very typical. Dan Snyder, he could have done this and gotten at least a modicum of credit a few years ago, and now it's going to be years and years ago, yeah. <laughs> FedEx forcing his hand. Yeah, the Snyder family, very reluctant to change that. And I will tell you, and obviously uh, that's a topic near and dear to my heart as a, as a Cleveland baseball fan, but I felt for years like it, the name change was long overdue. And uh, so over the weekend, I, I got sucked in arguing with some trolls on Twitter about this. And you're not going to be one guy got so mad at me that his response to me was just to post a picture of a snowflake. <laughs> right. Which is, which is supposed to be like a insult to millennials, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Millennials, you know, sensitive people online. Yeah. So I just took it as a compliment because he must think I'm 20 years younger than I actually am. <laughs> I like, I like some of those Cleveland names. I, I like the Commodores myself. Well, not the oh, Commodore yeah. Perry. Yeah. That would be kind of cool. You know, uh, Commodore Perry, by the way, he was afraid of cows. I I, I did not know that. I'm like 80% what? sure that's a real thing. <laughs> let's, let's get it going if it's not. How how does that even come up when you're in the Navy? Oh, man, I don't know. But, I, well, you know, he had a march. He had a march units of people kind of across Ohio to get to his Lake Erie fleet for the war in 1812. <laughs> and, uh, and I swear I read somewhere like when I was a kid and it's always stuck with me that he was afraid of cows. And if he heard a cow lowing in the distance, he would march several miles out of his way so as not to cross it. So, <laughs> uh, obviously before this podcast goes live, I'm going to have to fact check it, but if you're hearing it right now, <laughs> that means I fact check it and we <laughs> signed off on the fact checking. I, I think right. we need to keep it in either way and just put some sort of disclaimer afterwards because this is this is too good not to have. Okay, plus plus I can p- drop in a lot of cow sound effects. <laughs> All right, well that's uh, th- those are some interesting things, but you know uh, I know that from the beginning you've wanted to make the Mindset Digital Podcast just about Quibi every episode <laughs> all the time, all Quibi. But there is in fact uh, some news coming out of Quibi, which is short for Quick Bites, which is a <laughs> streaming service that works on your phone. There is. And, you know, Pete, let me ask you a question. So you, you mentioned it's short for Quick Bites. Let, let's say you were watching the Super Bowl, saw one of their, their Quick Bite ads. What, what exactly would you think that was for? Would, would you think it was for a streaming service? No. Uh-uh. Quibi kind of sounds like a, a a new alt burrito place. <laughs> so so you're not alone. Now, executives are denying this, but there's this fascinating, you know, well well-reported behind-the-scenes story on Quibi right now, and they they ran some research following our uh, Super Bowl ads. Seventy mm-hmm. percent of respondents thought it was a new food delivery service. 
Oh man. Yeah. That's a good name. That's a great name for a food. <laughs> it is. But not not numbers that I, I think Quibi wants to see. So the, the big question now is, you know, that 90 day free trial is expiring is how many people are gonna stay subscribed? And there's yeah. you can already see some executive sniping, a lot of anonymous quotes. I mean, it things might not be going great for Quibi. Yeah, I uh, I'll tell you what. I do not like their commercials where they're like they're trying to get Quibi to be a thing in our nomenclature, and they're like, "Hey, I'll be there in a Quibi," you know, which is supposed to mean ten minutes to me or something like that. I, that makes me so mad. Like, I used to work for a company that shall rename nameless, and they were constantly saying, "Just Bing that," and well, I guess it kind of gives <laughs> it away. <laughs> they worked hard. They wanted Bing it to become part of the nomenclature. <laughs> that it hasn't quite turned out. Yeah, I, this is you know, I mean, it's. Sad for me to see. You know, I I was surprised at how much I I liked the idea. You know, when we first talked about it, at least that technology, right, where you can rotate yeah. your phone and all, all of a sudden you're getting a whole different perspective. You know, some really big name directors attached, and I yeah. think that part of it could still work. But yeah, I mean, the big gamble was always: are people going to subscribe to another paid service just for this? That's just on their phone. Right. And that's that's the other really big miscalculation. So, you know, they're trying to let you cast that now. I mean, who knows if it'll end up being, you know, even getting its own like Apple TV app or Roku and all of those. I wouldn't be surprised if they're trying to get more subscribers. I feel like on our webpage for the podcast, we should have like what we call the graveyard of companies we've talked about. <laughs> you know, then we can have like a little tombstone for WeWork, which I know hasn't gone out of business yet, but that's certainly imminent. And then you know, you could have Quibi, all those. I, I mean, I was looking back in the 50 plus episodes we've done, and we've talked about some real, real docs that just did not <laughs> make Juicero. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, and so the, the Juicero comparisons are, they are coming out for Quibi. For is, Quibi? Yeah. yeah I'm never, never what you want to hear. <laughs> not surprised. So, uh, okay. Well, Lena, I've got uh, two things I'm going to talk about. I was going to talk about today, I wanted to talk about if it's still safe to have TikTok on your phone. Mm. Uh, and I've read, I've read all sorts of, of stories because uh, recently the Secretary of State said, we're going to look at this and, uh, and they're banning TikTok in Hong Kong. Uh, but I can't figure it out. <laughs> there's, just, there's so much misinformation right now that we're not talking about it. You may or may not, you, you should or should not have it on your phone. I think, I think that... <laughs> People are, uh, are worried because it's owned by a Chinese company, but the servers are not in China, and mm. who knows? So I'm not I'm not weighing in on TikTok on this episode. <laughs> you know, I yeah, I, TikTok for me was just the point where I I just realized this is going to have to be one cultural trend I, I just miss out on. I, I think I'm finally getting too old. You know, Snapchat might have been the last one for me. Yeah. Wow. There you yeah. have it. If yeah. it doesn't get, if if uh, if it hadn't been for the pandemic, I don't think I would have uh, gotten into TikTok either. But there's just times where, you know, my wife and kids are scrolling, and they're always sending me funny ones. So, so regardless, we'll see we'll see what happens with that story. But here is the thing, uh, you know, Alphabet, mm-hmm. which is uh, formerly Google. Uh, they have a project called Loon, L-O-O-N, which I believe is short for balloon, because in Kenya, they have launched 35 giant balloons that spread internet connectivity across Kenya, across a 50,000 square kilometer area. Oh. And this is this is a technology they've been working on for years. And apparently they put these giant balloons up in the stratosphere. And it, so it, it's supposed to be kind of cheaper and faster than building the big towers. Hmm. You, you're following me? Yeah. And 
and apparently they've deployed it in limited ways, like after Hurricane Maria and things like that. But this is sort of their first commercial deployment. And they said, actually, they had it running as a beta and all these people were using it without even realizing they were using it. Using it. But they got <laughs> for these 35 balloons, uh, their connectivity is 18 megabits down and 4.5 megabits up, which frankly feels better than what I'm getting when I'm working at home in the middle of the day. So, certainly for a balloon, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. 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 So that's something I know people talked about balloon-based internet for years, <laughs> which being cheaper than satellites. And uh, huh. it's interest, it'll be interesting to see if this helps close the digital divide a little bit in areas that are very difficult to service. So this might be a silly question, but like, how how did these handle the weather? I don't know because the, what I read just said they bounce around the stratosphere, but they must be tethered in some way so that they just don't go away. <laughs> right. Oh, so there's these are pretty high up. Then we're not. Yeah, we're yeah. Not... stratus. Yeah, yeah. We're okay. not talking like forty feet above your house. That'd be hilarious. All right. so. <laughs> so, I guess that's what I was picturing at first. It's just some sort of like massive zeppelin just going across the country. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. still so kind of want that. Uh, <laughs> yes, but think about it: thirty-five balloons, fifty thousand square kilometers. That's a lot of lot of coverage. Yeah, yeah. That is, huh. So, here's the other thing about Google. And now you might have known this because I'm going back. To this this came out with Chrome number seventy nine, which came out in December of twenty nineteen. Hmm. Uh, but I just noticed it this week. <laughs> and uh, do you use Chrome? I do. I, I, I yeah. I keep. Every few months, I, I keep thinking I should get off it, but I, you know, we use so much of it for G Suite at work, and yeah, yeah, I do on my phone. I, I do not, but I do on my computer. I gotcha. Well, you know how Chrome can remember your passwords for you, and it can suggest secure passwords. Hmm. Well, they've added this feature, which I thought was pretty slick, and basically, it looked at all of my passwords, and then it compared it to all the known hacks that have been out there, and it told me which of my passwords have probably been compromised in a hack. Oh, and cool. I, not that I've used Chrome for a long time, but it was saving something like 530 passwords for me. <laughs> how many How many do you think came up as compromised? I'm going to say at least half. No, it was uh, it was about 45, 45, <laughs> which uh, I was, you know, because I see, oh, hey, here's a hack. And I'm like, well, what are they going to do with my Hulu password? Change my favorites? I don't know. <laughs> But it was kind of cool. So you go in there and it lists them all out and the button says change your password. This is where it gets a little bit ugly because it just takes you to that website. You've got to log in with your old password, go to the <laughs> password change thing. Hmm. Then you have to have Chrome suggest a new password so that when you come back, it knows you've updated the password and takes it off the list. Hmm. So that's why I like uh, I like LastPass for that sort of thing because for a lot of sites, you can just automatically change it without having to go to the site. And yeah. you can also run that security check to see which have been compromised. And that's what you use LastPass? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard good things. That's a password manager. Google also has a password manager, which is free, called passwords.google.com. Hmm. And it's it's web-based. Uh, but it looked to me when I ran it exactly the same as what Chrome was already doing. <laughs> so now if you want to upgrade to a LastPass or Dashlane's another one and OnePass, mm -hmm. uh, you can actually export all your passwords from Chrome and then import them into the new service. Yeah, I, I love LastPass. I've been using it for years. I mean, I, I couldn't, I, I'd be lost without it. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm definitely thinking of investing in it because it, it's probably taken me 45 minutes this week to change all of these passwords and I still <laughs> have 15 to go. And, and you forget the number of 
things you have passwords for. Like, apparently I have a password for the Tennessee Performing Arts Center. <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I bought tickets to see a comedian there like seven <laughs> years ago. Now I want to look and see what my most random password is in here. Let's see. Hmm. And some yeah, of them, Wiener, <laughs> you, you update the password and it just doesn't update. Like I've updated my mm. Cleveland Cavaliers online password like six times and Google keeps saying, no, sorry, you need to update this password. So <laughs> I thought I thought it was a slick feature it, that rolled out in December and I had no clue about it until this week. Uh, also, because, you know, I'm work, we work on a lot of cybersecurity projects, so it seemed like a good time to do that. So if you use Chrome for your passwords, uh, you know, you type in in Chrome put in Chrome colon slash slash settings and then click on passwords, run password check. Hmm. Well, that's good to know. Yep. And then Wiener, uh, we're doing great on time. 15 minutes as usual. Uh, I have one more surprise for you. Ready for this? Oh yeah. I hope this works. So I, uh, I was uh, ordering up some voiceover from a, from a voice talent this past week. And (laughs) this particular person did a, a flat rate for 150 words, right? And I only needed about 60 words for the project I'm working on. So that left me with like 90 free words. <laughs> so here's what I got. From the intersection of social media, learning, and technology, this is the Mindset Digital Podcast with Chief Creative Officer Pete Brown and copywriter extraordinaire Matt Wiener. What do you think? <laughs> I love it. Are you laughing? That's great. <laughs> like, I love that we use Bria, uh, who typically does our voiceover at the intro. And of course, she used to work here with us full time. Uh, but I just thought that's hilarious. And I love how he goes, and Matt <laughs> Wiener. <laughs> I love the back. So that the background, the I like it, it's got like a like a 50s sci-fi movie sound to me, which I. Well, that's be- that's because I was playing it, playing it off my phone, holding it up to the microphone. I, I think we should keep that. I love it. Just keep it sounding like that. OK, I thought that was intentional. <laughs> Yeah, I'll use it for our next episode. It's just a nice little option we have. I got two t- two takes, but that's my favorite because the other take, he didn't quite hit Matt Wiener in the same way. <laughs> See, if I'd had that pronunciation guide on my profile already, he would have been set. Uh, yep, yep. Uh, when I sent it to him, I said it's Wiener like the Oscar Mayer Wiener. So, he <laughs> so, so let me ask with this LinkedIn feature, right? So you upload audio. It can come mm-hmm. from anyone. Do you think yep. it's ethical to hire a voice actor to record? Because I really want to make a good first impression. I think that I'll send you this guy's name. He's excellent. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe like somebody Scottish. That would be right. kind of cool. <laughs> really <laughs> reclines off. Yeah. Yeah. So I wish uh, I wish he had said, it's Matt Wiener. And then we recorded you saying, actually, voiceover guy, you can just call me Wiener. And, <laughs> and Wiener. <laughs> Maybe I can cut that together. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, I think that's it for this week. Uh, I'm glad to be doing this again. And uh, we should uh, should have another episode coming out here in a couple of weeks. And I guess that's it. I, I can't say subscribe to our newsletter yet because we're not quite ready for that. Not, yeah, not quite there. Okay. All right. So we'll, uh, in a future, future episode, uh, explain to people how they can do that. Yeah. All right, man. Thanks, Wiener. All right. Thanks, Pete. The Mindset Digital Podcast is brought to you by Mindset Digital. We bring workforces up to speed in our fast-forward digital world. If you like the show, please recommend us to a friend or even better, leave us a review on iTunes. Have questions, comments, or ideas about the podcast you want to share with our team? 
send them to podcast at mindsetdigital.com. This episode was produced by Pete Brown and featured Matt Weiner and me, Brielle Schultz. Some music in today's show is courtesy of the website audionautics.com and is licensed under a Creative Commons 3.0 license. We'll be back in a few weeks with another episode.